Welcome in, everybody. I'm Devin O'Day, and it's time for another edition of What's New at the Zoo with... Jim Bartu. <laughs> I just get tickled every time. <laughs> We're in a very cool place. This is not a zoo-y place. This is kind of unique in the zoo world, right? We have this historic home. It was built in 1810. Um, some people call it the Croft House. Some people call it the Grasmere Historic Home. Mm -hmm. um, it goes under uh, several different names, but it's a, uh, it's a historic home on property that our guests can tour through. It's a guided tour, so you have to come during certain times, um, but it's included with zoo admission, and it's a beautiful, beautiful home. Uh, and it... Um, the tour itself really kind of gives you a good idea about why the zoo is here, how the zoo became the zoo here on this property and, and how it developed. Before that, it was a yard, basically, an acreage and gardens and a farm, and it just belonged to a family, right? That's right, yeah. It was two sisters, uh, Margaret and Elise Croft, um, and uh, they basically handed the property over to the city um, under the condition that a portion of, of it be used as a nature study area, um, and that's really kind of how the zoo started. There's so many events that you've got planned coming up to celebrate. If you really want to get a good look, we were talking about before the show, running. That's right, yeah. So if yeah. you're a runner, or even a fast walker, or even a slow walker, you can be part of something called Zoo Run Run. That's right, it's February 17th, um, uh, Saturday, so come on out. You don't have to run it, you can walk it if you want. You can bring your kids out with strollers, and and push through zoo grounds. It's um, uh, It goes all throughout the zoo, including some areas behind the scenes um, wow. that visitors don't normally get to see. Uh, so it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. I've done it now for um, many, many years, both with my children um, and my wife goes with me every time. Mm -hmm. So we really enjoy getting out and, and doing that event every year. When it comes to Valentine's and things like that, there are a lot of people who get a teddy bear. But we have something very special, a teddy bear clinic that's coming up at the zoo. Yes, in early March, teddy bear clinic, um, and it doesn't have to be a teddy bear. Uh, we, we encourage children to bring out their favorite stuffed friend um, for a checkup at the oh. zoo's veterinary hospital. And our veterinary team, um, along with some assistants, will uh, give your stuffed friend a full checkup, and you'll get to leave with a certificate of good health. Um, they'll do um, some minor repairs if they can from time to time, um, but it, in general, it's a great way to come out and um, bring your favorite friend with you, uh, get a look at the hospital, which not a lot of people get inside mm -hmm. and see. It's not on a ex uh, public exhibit, so you can get inside and see what's going on and, um, and meet the veterinarians and the vet techs and everybody that helps keep our animals healthy. We're taking care of February with Zoo Run Run, the teddy bear clinic in March. April, the Easter season, anything Late special? Late March, yeah. Late Easter, March, okay, Easter. Easter yeah, around. Easter is March 31, and, and Extravaganza, which is our annual Easter egg mm -hmm. hunt, is always the Saturday before Easter. So March 30th is Extravaganza. Um, it is included with zoo admission. It's a very, very popular day, oftentimes our highest attendance day of the year. Um, wow. Now again, we have some parking restrictions. We're still working on that parking um, garage. We hope to have it finished probably May-ish, maybe June. Mm -hmm. um, so we still have to kind of restrict how many people can come in that day because we only have so much parking mm -hmm. that people can do. So we, we do advance tickets, which we're doing on a daily basis right now. 
if you want to come to the Easter egg hunt, get your tickets now. Get them soon because we will likely sell out for that unless mm -hmm. um, it's impending hurricane blowing through on that day, then mm. there might be tickets available. <laughs> um, but other than that, it'll, it'll likely sell out. Well, now, is the zoo open otherwise around Extravaganza? Is the zoo open at the same time, or is it just Extravaganza? Oh, yeah, the zoo's open during oh. the day. So, you know, because the Easter egg hunt, I mean, let's be honest, the Easter egg hunt, it's, it's a hunt in the field for eggs. Every kid gets a prize, so it doesn't matter whether you find one egg or a hundred eggs, you're getting a prize pack like mm -hmm. every kid gets. We don't want it to be a bloodbath hunt <laughs> for eggs, right? And it's over in maybe, depends on the age of the kid, you know, two and three year olds, it takes them maybe 10 minutes to hunt for eggs, eight through 10 year olds, about 10 seconds to get all the eggs off the field. Oh. Um, so it's a very quick thing. So after you're done hunting eggs, you can see the zoo, you can um, see the animals hunt for eggs. We'll have some enrichment um, that so animals can hunt for their own eggs. Some of them are real <laughs> eggs, others are like paper mache and you break them open, there's meat inside. It really just oh. kind of depends on what the animal eats, right? Are there could you be, serious? There could be coolest. crickets inside or bugs or something like that that the animals will eat. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. a lot of fun. <laughs> and yeah. you don't want the kids to get confused and get the wrong eggs. Don't, don't. Well, they'd have to be in the exhibit, which we discourage. <laughs> we hate that yeah, too. Yeah, we don't, don't go inside animal exhibits. That's a huge no-no. Just, just yeah. don't. Just stay in the past. It looks really cool on YouTube when it works out great. Just, just don't. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we're going to be back in just a few minutes. We're going to find out more about this incredible place, where we are here at the Nashville Zoo. If you want to get tickets to Extravaganza, Zoo Run Run, anything going on at the zoo, NashvilleZoo.org. You girls having fun? Thank you, guys. Good night. Murfreesboro, we're here whether you're ready or not. Uh, here's some reasons why you would want to consider the Beehive membership. One is you get three different inspections, one for your cooling, one for your heating, and one for your plumbing. What we can do is we come out and we check the unit before we're actually going to need it. So we're able to see problems ahead of time so that way in those months that you're hot, you don't have to be hot. It's so freaking hot in there. We do find a problem, we go ahead and take photos of it, and we tell you how, to, how uh, we go about fixing it. We're back. 
What's new at the zoo with Jim Bar 2? And now we have got the manager of this beautiful home with us, Jim, is Tori Mason. That's right. Tori is the uh, expert on the history of uh, this property and the home and everything that touches it and is, and is associated with it. So, um, Tori, give us, give us the 30,000-foot <laughs> scope of this house. Oh gosh, well, you did a nice introduction of it just a little bit ago, but yeah, this house was built around 1810, makes it 214 years old now, so. She looks good for her age. She really does, she's holding up well. Um, owned by five generations of one family, so that's really unique, it was passed down through the family, and because of that, all of these neat things that you see behind us, you know, most of them are original. Wow. Yeah. We heard the ding of a clock yep. earlier. The yep. clock still works. Still works, absolutely. So that's one of the really unique things. But also, because this house is still here, we're able to tell the story of why we have a zoo. You know, the, the last family members that lived here, Margaret and Elise Croft, they were sisters, never married, loved animals, and wanted to make sure that this didn't get turned into a subdivision or a commercialized development. So they made sure in their will, they left it to be a nature center so people would have a place to come and learn about animals. You know, I think about all the people who feel forced to sell the family farm or sell the family farm. They didn't let that enter in. They, they just... didn't, and there were many opportunities. You know, they had run into some financial trouble. They were offered a little over a million dollars in 1961 for this property. They turned it down because that's how much they loved the land and how much they believed that this was something more than just a commercialized development. When it comes to being part of a zoo family, how did you end up here <laughs> in this house? How much time do we have? <laughs> how much time do we have? I, I started off my career as an animal keeper. I moved to Nashville in 1995 um, as an animal keeper, but in about 1998, 1999, things kind of shifted a little bit and I started really managing this aspect of the zoo and, and we created the historic farm at that point. And um, I've always loved history. My family, my personal family background is I come from four generations of cattle farmers. So it just kind of fit, you know, it just kind of fit. So I'm really proud that the zoo trusts me to, to be the steward of this story and this, this place. With all of the woodwork, the woodwork. If you were to able to do a, a, a look at the the architecture in here, these arched doorways and the wood is real wood and it's heavy. How do you clean it? What is your what is your cleaning thing of choice? What what is, what do you use because you don't want it to t tear up the no the finishes. No, we don't use pledge. We don't use any of those modern things. Um, most of what we use is very diluted Murphy's oil soap and water, mm -hmm. um, or just dry dry cleaning. So when we do need to like clean the fingerprints off, we use the Murphy's oil soap. That's the that's the good stuff. I just had to ask. <laughs> I know my sister's watching the show. Yeah. Well, how do you clean all that? Helpful hint. <laughs> now this house, um, this house lived through the Civil War. Tell me a little bit about uh, the house's involvement in the City War or, or non-involvement during the the Civil War and. Um, then to segue into that, kind of a little bit about tenant farming on the property. This is uh, Black History Month, and mm -hmm. I kind of want to um, hear a little bit about how um, uh, African-American people helped shape this property. Yeah, so um, this most definitely was a family that, was, um, that owned enslaved individuals. You know, this was the South. 
um, they were no different than anyone else in this area. So we had an average of around 30 to 35 individuals that were enslaved here at any given time between 1810 and 1865, the time of emancipation. Um, we know that the third generation owner, his name was uh, William Dixon Shute, um, did not fight in the war. We haven't been able to find any, any records that he actually fought in the war. Um, we knew that he fled Nashville at, at a certain point, um, and his enslaved individuals stayed here. We have letters in our archival history that, where he mentions some of the enslaved individuals' names. And if you were to look at census records, they're mostly just listed by age and gender, not by name. Mm -hmm. So for us to have some names to actually put to those individuals is, is pretty rare and pretty important. Um, after emancipation, you know, we, we're not entirely sure what happened with the enslaved individuals. It's possible some of them stayed here to work. Um, we know that there was a big renovation done to the house by William Dixon Shute after the Civil War. And one of the things that he did was he relocated one of the original enslaved cabins to this, prop to this part of the property for tenant farmers to live in. Hmm. Um, tenant farming was a way that enslaved individuals could continue to work um, at a place where they were familiar. Mm -hmm. um, even though they could have left and, and done something else, a lot of them didn't have that opportunity. So several individuals may have stayed here. Um, we know in 1919 there was a man by the name of Frank Morton that was hired by Leela Shute to be a tenant farmer. And he moved in to that particular cabin, which is located right behind this home in 1919. And he actually lived there until he died in 1962. Wow. Yeah. And, and we have a, um, an educational display that's out there at the cabin. So people that come to the zoo can actually go by the cabin, look inside of it, it's mm -hmm. open. You can yeah. kind of read and we've got some displays and things that are in there that kind of talk about tenant farming mm -hmm. um, in the South uh, after the Civil War and how that played a part uh, on the Grassmere community. And that's, that's rare. You don't really see a whole lot of history, that part of history being talked about um, right. in the yeah. South. So this is great for us to do. And, and because of this, this, this display has won awards all across the state from, from um, lots of different historical organizations have said this is a wonderful thing that you all have set up. So I would encourage people to come up here and spend some time up here and, and look around and understand a little bit more about how we came to be and how this part of the property kind of developed over the years. Yeah, and how important the Mortons were to actually the success and the survival of the farm, you know, in the early 1900s. And a name, I love how Nashville kept all the names of things like Shoots Lane. We, uh, now I'm going, oh, there's that family name. Yeah. Right, Those, right. You know. Well, yeah, the Croft Middle School mm -hmm. was yeah. named after the sisters, Margaret and Elise Croft, right? Because this was part of their property. That area of um, the property used to be part of the Grassmere property. Incredible stuff. It's, and now I want to say, if you have homeschoolers at home, you don't, you don't just study animals when you come to the Nashville Zoo. It's a history lesson. Yep. It is a botany lesson. <laughs> it is an animal lesson. It's just a lesson every single day, and it changes too, doesn't it? It really yeah. does. And a note to people, I know a lot of people refer to this house as a plantation, and it was not mm -mm. a plantation. This was just a normal uh, farmhouse that was built that was kind of the style at the time. So it's, there's, there's not any kind of special palace-like a designation to it. It's a big house, but for the time, that was kind of a standard house size. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
because people had bigger families. Yeah, four bedrooms <laughs> upstairs. So that's right. That's yeah. yeah, and it was it's kind of designed in that same way where there's a hall through the center part of the house, both upstairs and downstairs with rooms off the side. Um, so air and cooling it yeah. can kind of help during the summer months. You open everything up, the wind blows through, pulls the hot air out, that kind of thing. So it's designed kind of that way. Just a lot of the fascinating lessons here at the Nashville Zoo. NashvilleZoo.org. If you want a membership, it will be money well spent because you can enjoy stuff like this all year long. And we have some fabulous sponsors on this show. We thanks, thanks to Kia of Murfreesboro and Advertising Solutions. They bring you this program each and every week. And we're going to talk about them right now. Having fun? Yeah, I'm going to keep my own pretty soon. Me too. Good night, Kika. Good night. We're here whether you're ready or not. Uh, here's some reasons why you would want to consider the Beehive membership. One is you get three different inspections, one for your cooling, one for your heating, and one for your plumbing. What we can do is we come out and we check the unit before we're actually going to need it. So we're able to see problems ahead of time so that way in those months that you're hot, you don't have to be hot. It's so freaking hot in there. We do find a problem, we go ahead and take photos of it and we tell you how, to, how uh, we go about fixing it. Well, not only do we have a new guest, Jim, we have a new sponsor to welcome. Oh, tell me about it. Busy Bee HVAC. Of course, Busy Bee. Yeah. I know they were busy bees, and just it, when it, the weather's at its worst. I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, everybody yeah. was calling. Our heat is out. It always goes out. out at the best possible time, <laughs> right? Hey, I want to tell you a story. Okay. So we were talking about the Cross Sisters in the last um, uh, segment, and uh, they used to have a parrot um, and I've got a picture of them here and we we got pictures of it so we can pull it up um, but they had this beautiful yellow-headed parrot which I understand to be a Cuban yellow-headed parrot um, and we have now with us today Robin who's brought another yellow-headed parrot though not a Cuban yellow-headed parrot what is what kind of animal is this so um, they do call them yellow-headed parrots but they also call them double yellow-headed parrots, and it comes from the South America, Central America. So they're more of the an a Amazon rainforest. And what is her name? His name is Jerry. His name. Yeah. Jerry. 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 Of course it is. Does Jerry want um, sunflower seed? Is that what he's eating? What oh, yeah. He loves sunflower seeds. It's his favorite treat. He gets them whenever he goes um, away, outside of where he lives. It helps him to remain calm. 
Well, tell me a little bit about Jerry. You know, how old is he? What is he? Um, you know, what does he like to do all day? Does he play any sports? Does he? Did he go <laughs> is to he a school? talker? Yeah. He is does a he have talker. Kids? He is a talker. He says stuff. He, oh. as far as I know, he doesn't have kids. Okay. When he moved to the zoo, we estimated him to be around 10 years old. So he's actually one of the first birds we ever had in a show here at the zoo. Oh, okay. He started at the old location, so he's been here for a while. We think he's around 40 years old. Wow. He's been here for almost 30 years. And how old will they live to be? 60 to 80 is the average, okay. which is a very long time. Yeah, like, like people? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Like once you get a parrot, you sort of have them for life, yep. which he outlived his owner. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. That happens all the time. So if you're thinking, hey, I want to get a parrot, I want to get a big bird, just know it's an investment of time and you have to make provisions for them because right. chances are, you know, they'll, yep. they're here for a while. you got to let your benefactors know because likely it's going to be in your will somewhere. So, mm -hmm. you know, just make sure you got all those I's dotted. He's looking at you adoringly. Do they develop affectionate bonds with their keepers and handlers? They do. Um... All of our keepers really like Jerry because he's actually kind of polite and quiet for a parrot, which is, I won't say that about any other parrot I know, um, <laughs> but he doesn't like to make friends easily. Mm -hmm. And part of why they have a harder time making friends is because I've been with Jerry for a very long time and he knows I'm still around. So um, he can only have one friend at a time. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, so you said he talks or mimics depending on how you want to define talking so um would you it takes him a while sometimes to go through his his cues that i give him because he doesn't talk with his mouth full so uh, one of the things he learned how to say is well hi and he has hand cues um and then he has verbal cues as well so that one's a hand cue It is very cute. And then he takes his time. He um, takes the skin or the hull off of his sunflower seeds. Um, he doesn't so he like likes, that. He likes to skin them. He just he likes does. the meat inside the sunflower seeds. He does. Gotcha. Um, and who doesn't, really? I know, right? He also says, did you miss me today, Jerry? Jerry, ask. <laughs> wow. He's really well trained. He's a good boy. Does he still do shows here at the zoo? He doesn't. He did when I did shows. Um, he decided he would like kind of follow me through the different paths I've had here at the zoo. Great. So does he does he go out to schools? Does he um, does he act as an ambassador in other ways besides he, the he, show? He he went to schools for many years before COVID, and now he's changed his job here at the zoo a little bit, um, and he does encounters throughout the zoo. So you'll see him with me and um, his other friend Cam, who takes him out, and sometimes he goes to like rentals that we have at the zoo, and just makes special appearances like that. And he can go off-site still as well. So if you're lucky, when you come out to the zoo, you might, you might experience Jerry up close and in person as you're, as you're walking through the zoo. Yeah. Um, what are some of the sicknesses that you have to really watch out for with birds? Do they get the flu? Do they, you know, we hear bird flu. We hear, did they get, we have to worry about them getting COVID or or are there any kind of issues with birds that you had to watch out for? Yeah, we do have to worry about the flu, and we take lots of different measures for that depending on how severe it is in our area. And then they have certain things that are um, specific.
specific to parrots that we have to watch out for. Wow. So like if we get a new bird in, we're just going to have to keep them monitored um, to make sure everything is okay during that time period before we'd ever introduce them with other birds. What's his favorite physical touch? He does not like to be touched. See, <laughs> personal there isn't the one. Yeah. Keep, your, <laughs> keep your distance. There is a personal preference. Um, one time, many years ago, Jerry and I were eating lunch together outside in the amphitheater. He came over, put his head down for me to pet him. I was shocked and didn't know what to do, and I didn't do anything, so I was never given the opportunity again. <laughs> Blew my one chance. That's right. He put it out there once, and you rejected him, and he's... I keep hoping he'll get yep. it again, but I touched his foot the wrong way the other day, and he got very angry about didn't that. Didn't like that at no, all. Well, not, you know, so. when you're 40 and you know people don't touch you right, you tend to pop off pretty quick. <laughs> Dude, and a parrot has a bite. Yes, um, <laughs> they do. I... I, I don't want to say this, but I will, but he has never bit me. He's bit other people. So when he was upset with me yesterday, he put his beak on me and told me he was upset, but he didn't bite. So uh -huh. I just had to shift what we were doing. Gotcha. He did not like to watch. He did not like looking at the Chinese lanterns like the rest of us did. Oh. So oh, gotcha. they were a little bit weird for him. I understand. I thought they were pretty amazing, though, Jerry. But, and they, they have a, a pretty strong bite, do they not? I mean, they what do. Are, what are we talking about? Um, they can crack open um, what he, the hardest thing I've seen him crack open are almonds. But, you know, depending on what wow. kind of parrot they are, um, the hyacinths that are on exhibit, it's like 500 pounds of pressure per square inch. It's crazy. Wow. It's a lot of power. So he could do mm -hmm. a lot of damage and it would hurt. Mm -hmm. wow. um, biting is something that they learn. They learn it. They get their way, and then it's like, oh, I'll just do this. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> Which so. is just like dogs. Yeah, kind of. It's just yep. like yeah. horses. I mean, anything, yep. mm -hmm. if you go, well, I got what I wanted when I did that, so, therefore, I will continue to do that bad behavior. Mm-hmm. You know. Oh, that's really, really interesting. Well, Jerry, you look good for your age, dude. Yeah. Jerry, wolf whistle. Wolf whistle? <laughs> way better than mine way better than go. mine just in time for valentine's <laughs> <laughs> well robin mahoney when did you uh decide that birds were your thing you know that's a good question um i had the opportunity when i was in college to work um as a seasonal um i was near chicago so i worked at brookfield zoo and i worked with some red-tailed hawks that i really liked oh, wow. and i enjoyed that and um and then I interviewed to come to Nashville Zoo because I wanted to be in Nashville because my family's here. And um, I was like, sure, I'll try a bird show because I just wanted to be in Nashville. But I really like this bird. <laughs> so uh, he's been my friend for a long time. And you've been here for quite about a while. About 25 years. Yeah. So Jerry yeah. and I have been besties since about that time. I wasn't his first best friend here, human best friend. But once she was able to hire another staff, go on vacation, he never forgave her. So now we're best friends. He does say bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we say goodbye, I do have a question from Daniel from Jolton, who is in middle school, and he asked, he said, when are we going to see the baby tigers? Oh, I get that. We get that question a lot. A lot, because it's been on social media. If you haven't checked, we've been watching the moms out, and they're getting big. Right, yeah. And, um, and they, do, they have a side yard that's off exhibit that I understand they're going to start introducing them to so they can get outside a little bit as the weather's warmer. You know, we are seeing temperatures that are a little bit warmer. 
Um, we do hope to have them on exhibit in the spring sometime. They, uh, I'll tell you this, they have to pass a swim test <laughs> to oh. go out on exhibit because there's a giant moat in the front of the exhibit and if they were to fall down into that moat, into the water, we need to make sure that they can swim and get themselves out. So the keepers are going to put them into like a big trough mm. um, to, to make sure that they know how to swim or not. So that's going to be a lot of fun. And when that happens, we hope to get lots of great footage of uh, the swim test. So you'll have to look for that on social media as well. You always hear that cats don't like water, but cats do swim when they're tigers. Tigers, tigers love water. They tigers, swim yeah, like tigers crazy. Tigers love being in the water. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see. Well, speaking of social media, if you don't follow uh, on Instagram and Facebook the Nashville Zoo, you are missing out because all the zookeepers post all of the animals, and they do things that you would miss out if you're just walking around the zoo. That's right. Yeah, Inside tips and that kind of stuff, you'll pick up on all of that. Well, thank you all for joining us. Thank you to our sponsors, our incredible group of sponsors that bring this show to you each and every week. And I hope that you will save this, share it, follow us. And it is What's New at the Zoo with Jim Bartu. I'm Devin O'Day. See you later. Bye.